Hi, this is John Pittman at All Classical Portland. Hi. Hi, hello. Hi there, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you? Great, great. Well, my name is John Pittman, and I'm the program director at All Classical Portland in Portland, Oregon. And uh, it's my great pleasure to have this opportunity to be able to talk to both of you, Sheku and Isata, um, about Muse. I'm hoping to also just throw in a, a question or two, maybe about Carnival of the Animals and uh, mm -hmm. and the summertime uh, disc that Isata did. Uh, you did on your own. Is that if that's if there's time? <laughs> yeah, that sounds perfect. All right, great. Well, I'll kind of work those in maybe toward the beginning, actually. Um, Sheku and Isaac Kane Mason, it's uh, wonderful to talk to both of you. And um, I guess it's been, despite all of the uh, trials and tribulations of the pandemic year plus, uh, it looks like it's been a pretty busy year for the two of you with uh, having recorded Carnival of the Animals with your siblings and Isaac Summertime, a solo piano disc, and now Muse your debut, uh, the debut for the two of you. Yeah, so, I mean, we've always wanted to record an album together and this is the first time that we've done that. And we've been playing together for so many years that it was a really enjoyable experience. Um, we had plenty of time to work on the pieces, both outside of the studio and then in the studio as well. So I think we both felt that we were very lucky to have the time to go into lots and lots of detail and really explore uh, the music that we chose. Was this recorded at home? No, no, it was recorded in a, a studio in in the UK, um, in a small small town called Saffron Walden, and they have a wonderful, beautiful hall um, that has an amazing acoustic, particularly for chamber music. And so we recorded it, recorded it there. It, correct me if I'm wrong, was Carnival of the Animals recorded in your house, or was it just that you guys were all in your practice rooms and then we'd get together? Yeah, we re we rehearsed um, a lot at home because we were all in at, at that time. We were all in Nottingham because um, it was a, a lockdown, so we were all together and rehearsed a lot of the carnival um, at home. But we recorded it in Abbey Road Studios in London. Now, I suppose for all of you um, rehearsing together in a house, it, that's probably perfectly normal for you. It probably does doesn't sound like chaos at all, right? <laughs> it was quite chaotic, but. We grew up that way, so we're very used to it. And even though we had left home, so maybe we weren't so used to it, I think we only have to be together for a week and you kind of snap back into how things were before. So we're used to the chaos of constant music around the house and practising while someone else is practising. And during the pandemic, that was actually very lucky because many people were lonely and we were lucky to not have that and to still be able to play chamber music and have people around. Now, Isata, between Summertime and Muse, I see one correlation at least. You recorded Samuel Barber's Piano Sonata on your disc, and the Samuel Barber Cello Sonata forms one of the big pieces, the anchor pieces of Muse. Um, did, did you come along with the idea, were the two of you starting to talk about, let's do a debut together, and in the meantime, you're working on Summertime and sort of discovered 
the Barber's uh, uh, Piano Sonata? Mm, it was actually a coincidence. Um, I actually can't even remember which work I started first or discovered first, but I just happened to be, I love the Samuel Barber Piano Sonata. I think it's amazing. And so I was working on that with my teacher and then Sheku's teacher brought the cello sonata into our, into our lives and recommended it to us and we started listening to it and also loved it too. So I can't remember which way round it was actually and it wasn't an intentional link or anything but I do really, really love Barber's music and the piano sonata is a lot later than the cello sonata. It's a very different piece in many ways. Um, it's a lot darker but yeah, I think they're both great and yeah. Isaac, I understand or I, I could ask this question of either one of you that the cello sonata of Barber is a fairly youthful work is that right it's very yeah very very youthful he was he was still a still a student um, <laughs> and and um it was it's amazing because it is it's full of so much youthful energy um and sort of shameless drama and 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 intensity um but it's also it's mature in how um in how concise and um precise it is it is written sort of rhythmically and harmonically and and the way um the way it's paced um there's not sort of a there's not a wasted moment or a wasted note even um in the way it, so, so it's it's mature in that sense but it's full of so much youthful fire and energy and um he's trying a lot of um a lot of things and i think it's very very inventive knowing um, that yeah, yeah. knowing that Sheku, do do you listen to the pieces you play it and kind of feel boy I, he sounds like an impetuous teenager or or young young adult you can hear that coming through in the music do you, can you relate to that or maybe think back to your own late teen years of that same kind of feeling <laughs> yeah i mean i suppose for me it's also not so long ago that i was i was that i was that age but um yeah i think i think what we found certainly from performing this music is it's although it is it's complex i think it's very um immediately accessible and I think audiences respond to it um so well because it because of how sort of um immediate um would be the word I would I would I would use. Um and it really is from you know from the start it gets straight into the into the drama. Um there's no there's no messing around that maybe a, a, a an older person would be a bit more patient with. Um and so I think I think that's that, that that's enjoyable. <laughs> We have to think sometimes, folks, musicians and classical music announcers and classical music nuts, um, we, we, we get to know Barber at different aspects, but we also have to think about when you bring a piece like this out to the audience, their, their first thought, they see Samuel Barber, they probably think adagio for strings. So mm. when you play either this cello sonata, um, are, you, are you thinking about how maybe you're introducing a piece to a lot of people who maybe didn't even know it existed. Definitely, it's it's um, it's certainly not a very well known piece, and it's not it's not played very very much. Um, and so, 
yeah, it's enjoyable. I've I've found to introduce a piece of music that we really believe believe in and enjoy and think has so many wonderful qualities, and to introduce that to an audience, um, yeah, it's a it's a special feeling. And I think, yeah, to be the person to play this wonderful piece of music to someone hearing it for the first time is um, yeah, it's wonderful to be able to do that. Now, Sheku and Isata, the two of you have been playing since. I, you'd have to tell me how young you were when you started playing together. And, you know, the, the notes that come along to me mention no no rivalry, but I can't help but think your brother and sister and your professional musicians, is that, and what kind of a relationship is that uh, to, you know, to, to manage? I mean, sometimes you guys have to just talk to each other like a brother and sister, and sometimes you have to talk to each other as a pianist and a cellist to have to get a recording or a concert done. Yeah, but I think that we've kind of always had that. I mean, we started playing together soon after we started playing, so probably when Shaker was eight and I was 11. And just our family in general, we've always, music's always been a part of our family. And from a young age, we'd always have, you know, we'd have local music festivals and we'd have exams and we always had kind of, semi-professional, well not professional because we were children, but important music performances to navigate amongst family life and so we've always switched between the two quite naturally and when when there's no music going on we're very much a family and just kind of hanging out like any other family and then we kind of switch into the music role and so that's something that feels very very natural and I don't think it ever feels uncomfortable to be working together professionally for a concert or something and then to you know later that day just be doing something different. The Rachmaninoff cello sonata is the other anchor, the other the other big piece on on the program. Um, for Barber, we were talking about it being a youthful work. For the Rachmaninoff, this is a more mature piece. Is that correct? Well, I think yes. And well, I think Rachmaninoff is such a different composer to Barber, and I think that this is. You know, it's a very... The interesting thing about Rachmaninoff is he didn't write a lot of chamber music, but this is undoubtedly an amazing piece of chamber music, and he writes very soloistically for both instruments, but then the way he brings them together texturally and harmonically, and the way he uses the different kind of voices and sounds between the two instruments is so effortless, and it's just such a wonderful piece of chamber music to play. 
and it's just so different from the barber. You can't really compare the two directly. I think that for me, the Rachmaninoff, which I've been listening to probably since the 90s, um, I have to call myself a lapsed cellist because I took lessons for about three years or so. Um, about, gosh, it's getting on to be 30 years ago now. Um, but I just plunged into the deep end, at least, of listening to a lot of, of music. And Rachmaninoff has always struck me as a work that stands on its own just fine, but also as soon as you start playing it or listening to it, you just you hear the Rachmaninoff voice, that, that particular style that is just so immediately identifiable. Yeah, it is definitely a, a particular style, and there are there are certain sort of sequences and use of use of harmony that are so specific to Rachmaninoff's style. And actually, it's it's I mean the way he writes is also very reflective of his his piano playing. And I listen to a lot of recordings of Rachmaninoff playing, and and the attention to detail when he's playing other um, pieces by other composers, the attention to detail of the voicing and the timing, and 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 things like that is so reflected in, in what he writes when he writes for the piano. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful and it's so poetic also the way he writes and the way the phrases unfold in such a, such a Rachmaninoff, Rachmaninoff way. I know exactly what you're saying. And there's, you know, there's a moment in the slow movement. It's there. It's just like a little micro moment that just suddenly sounds like it came right out of the second piano concerto or maybe the symphony number no. 2 adagio it's it's absolutely <laughs> dripping <laughs> with with beautiful melody and you hear those descending notes and you you're right there yeah 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 there's just there's just so much um it's like the right amount of, of sugar and honey and cinnamon and chocolate. It's like right at the limit of, 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 of expressiveness in that, in that sense. And it's amazing that the music sits, sits right there. Isata, there's another side of the recording that I, I've, I feel with this, like this recording is coming out of a period where we are just starting to tread cautiously back into concert halls and hearing live performances. The two of you debuted the Rachmaninoff at Carnegie Hall in 2019, so before the pandemic, and The Barber is a new piece for you. And uh, how does this, how does it feel for the two of you now you're starting to walk back onto the stages and you've got human beings out there in the audience. Um, do you ever look back and think, 
you know, what would this recording have been like two years ago? Is, it, is Does it feel like it might have been different? Yeah, I mean, it feels very special to be doing live concerts again. And I think the ironic thing is this recording probably wouldn't have happened if it weren't for the pandemic because we had plans to carry on performing the, the Barber and the Ratmaninoff throughout the year. Um, but then all of those concerts got cancelled and we thought, well, how can we still make something of these pieces so they don't just go to waste in a way? And so the recording was kind of born out of that whole time. We performed them a few times, but then we had all these months of no concerts and we just discovered the pieces in more and more detail. And so, yeah, definitely if we had recorded it a couple of years before, it would have been very different. But I also don't think that that would have happened. I don't think that we would have had the time. Right. And now happily, you you have the ability of both, of uh, sharing this wonderful recording, comes out of this unusual period, but is also, uh, as, we, as we step into a new time, um, and to be able to play them as well for live audiences. Um, Sheku and Isaac Akane Mason, thank you so much, the two of you, uh, for this time to be able to talk about the recordings and the pieces that are on your uh, new disc called Muse. Thank, Thank you. you so much.